You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Content warnings for this episode include romance, flirting, alcohol, complex and complicated relationships, grief, Spiders, beetles, cocoons, bug horror, swarms, body horror, falling, and references to fire, immolation, pollution, and environmental collapse. Arc 1, Episode 22. Toward Hidden Glory. From Self-Eulogy of a Martyr by Connie Chong. The sunset smells like oak. Moss. Mead. Axel. You and Iphigenia lean against the railing of the fourth guide, watching the last of the light flee from the sky. The wild sea is always beautiful, but her beauty is particularly ferocious at dusk. The insects flitting through the air, the whispering leaves, the groaning of the guide's broad wood decks polished from fresh scrubbing hard and pliant under your boots. Iffy swigs a bottle, but she's not really tasting the alcohol. You can tell. The wind works its invisible fingers through her hair, dark, tangled tresses that obscure perfectly black eyes like chips of burnt iron. Her elbows are propped on the banister, her hard jaw set, the muscles of her back and chest taut with contemplation as she gazes across the verdant sea. Tomorrow, Axel, you will become first mate, and there will be a party that you will never forget. But today, tonight, you're just Axel, and she is just Iffy. Hey, Axe, what's your dream? I think I've already found it. Just this. <laughs> oh, come off it. You've got to have some greater design. You're Axel. I'm happy to sail the verdant sea. A ship of my own, maybe one day. You and me calling the shots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about calling the shots. I don't mind doing what Captain Strophius tells me to do. He's a good man. But wouldn't it be cool to have a ship that was just full of, of, of creatures and exciting new tastes and sounds and cultures and, 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 and all Smells and foods and, and clothes and, and friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about you, Axel. There's never enough wild sea for you. Never. I think they take the bottle of mead back from you, right? And they swig thoughtfully, looking out over the burgeoning dusk. I don't know if I really have a dream. I guess the closest thing to having a dream for me is 
<laughs> you know, I ragged on you for saying this, but I guess I'm the same way, just the same as it always has been, you know? Protecting others, defending the fourth guide, hanging out with you. But you have to want maybe, like, one thing for yourself, Ify. I mean, <sighs> you are the most powerful protector I've ever known, but... Go on, go on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, seriously, please, please keep waxing eloquent about how powerful I am, how big my biceps are. You are... I know the twins measured it the other day. It's bigger than a watermelon. Oh, my goodness. Have you continued crushing watermelons below deck? <laughs> well, I mean, someone's <laughs> got to do it, right? The rig ferrets love it. They love crushed watermelon. And who am I to deny them the simple pleasure of a bicep-squeezed watermelon ride? You're always in service of others. When will you be in service of yourself, Ify? And this is a common refrain from your mouth toward Ify, I think, and kind of brushes you off casually. But even as she takes another swig, there is a... A moat of deeper trouble in her eyes, as there has been as of late whenever you bring this up. It's been easy enough for her to brush it off when you were younger, adolescents, children even. But now that you're fully adults coming into your own, the question of who she is, who she wants to be, is hanging over her. Hanging over you, too. Duh! I mean, what's the point of being so big and strong if I don't put it to use? You know, it's a waste otherwise to just use it for myself. Selfish! One might say. And I'm anything if not, not selfish. The opposite of that, unselfish. Iffy, if only you could see yourself the way that I see you. You're not just big and brawling. As big as your biceps are, you are kind and smart and dexterous and so beautiful and capable. You're not just a tank. You don't just have to take the hits. But I, uh, I, I don't, I don't really know what value I can give the ship if I don't. You are valuable by simply being here. You bring value to me every day when, I don't know, you're just here. <laughs> Man, only you could say something like that and have it not sound cheesy. <laughs> So Axel's sort of sensing if he's kind of um, discomfort or shyness. And in order to soothe that, Axel is a very tactile individual because they have so many points of touch, actually, like millions of them, like billions of points of touch. So mm, I'm seeing faces. <laughs> I'm seeing those faces. No, your faces are very loud. <laughs> but um, Axel sort of like embraces kind of like shirks their skin and embraces Iffy in this sort of like multi-faceted like gentle kind of embrace and it feels like sort of silk wrapping around you as it's just like this warm comforting hug oh, come here and Iphigenia closes their arms around you and hugs you a little bit closer right even as every part of you in every way I think also like envelops her and hugs them back and then I think, on this moment, we fade. We yield to the darkness of twilight until everything turns black. Axel, 
We hold on your face, 10 years older, a little bit more worn, a little bit more tired, but charged with that same reef-iron determination as one decade ago in the burnt-down ruins of the Fourth Guide. And now you stand astride a strange ship, facing down strange sailors, and yet that word coming out of the prince's mouth, though you've never heard it before, the name Igni, something about the way it's enunciated feels all too familiar. And the prince goes on to say, you're supposed to be dead. You don't look very dead. No. Huh. I think Axel would like to use take a moment like as like a snapshot in this time really trying to like they've been hit with this news and now they've become very adept at doing this they've become very adept at like processing then reacting and responding so they're like they're taking the time to process what's happening and in doing so I think they want to use sense as like one of Mm, their edges to like there are a lot of moving parts here there have been some strange movements on the Verdancy. I'm supposed to be dead. This person, I think, knows my friend that I've been looking for forever. Who are these people? There's this magnificent, I'm very curious about this beautiful, magnificent, pink-eyed, multi-feathered things. There are all these creatures, someone's hanging over from over there. And I just want to kind of use sense to work out how I can gain the upper negotiating hand in this moment. Like, mm. like I don't want to have to resort purely to brute tactics, like just um, essentially threatening the Prim's life, because I kind of basically have them in a cage, right? Mm. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I can do before I have to be the pirate, which I, lo- I, which I can be, but like I will only make that decision after I'm absolutely certain. That it's the only thing I... It's, Absolutely. Yeah. So sense can 100% be the skill that you're using. Which of your edges would you like to bring in? Grace as like an agile oh, way of looking at everything. Iron, instinct, sharps, teeth. I would like to use sharps, please. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And sharps and sense, make that roll. Okay, cool. How many dice are you rolling? So sharps, I get one. And then for sense, I get three more dice. 46. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make that roll. Listen, Axel is min maxed. Uh, uh, two fives again. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that's a conflict with a twist. Yeah. You get what you're looking for, but I think these other wild sailors get a chance to respond before you can act on it. And I'll also give you a twist in addition to that. So, looking around, this ship has been sailing eastward. You kind of intercepted them when they entered the East Green, right? Which is where you are, where your home is currently, and the place that you call yours. They were cutting a course quite quickly. That's also part of why they were a bit easy to sneak up on, plus the perfect weather conditions. They seem to be in a hurry, okay? This ship, with its voltaic runners and copper hide and thrumming engine somewhere below deck, was was turning it. They were, like, mm-hmm. hoofing it mm-hmm. east. So you know that they were looking for something. Thing, something that if you can figure out what it is they're looking for, you'll probably get the upper hand. And now looking downward here at the Prin, their eyes flash with recognition at you and their 
there's something else that they've hooked onto as well. It was Iffy's face that swam in front of both of you, and now a different face swims between the two of you as well. The one scion that isn't on this ship. Both of you now see in your mind's eye the scion of heart, Hylian Armorgen. Her visage swims between the two of you. And you recall this visage, not just as like a general knowledge of the scion, but in a specific context. A week ago, and the print had hooked onto that. So you get like a pretty good sense of maybe who these people are looking for. Okay. You've got two scions here already. Not a stretch of the imagination to say that maybe the third is who they're pursuing. And you, I think you have information on that third scion, yeah. right? Given, yeah. given what Axel knows of the Wild Sea. Before you get to respond, Zainan, Lumira, and Sayer. <laughs> the three of you get a chance to, I think, do one thing in response, whether that is combative or I think more negotiatory, because as soon as the captain uh, had made that whistle, I think the other pirates started to back off. They will only fight back if you initiate again against you. Lumira, upon seeing their culling whistle, she will rise up slowly from like her crouching stance of where she kind of got like thrown back by that gust of wind. And she backs up, but her knife is still like out at the ready, tight in the hilt of her hand out to the side. And her eyes are jumping between the three people she was just up against and trying to figure out the hell it is that I am actually looking at right now in relation to the captain. So it's like not wanting to take her eyes off her target, but also being like, what the f- the hell? It, like that bounce back between those two. Mm. What about Sayer? <sighs> what has Sing done so far since up- arriving on the deck? This is very important for my decision making. So Sing had turned away from you and is now in the process of striding toward Axel, sword drawn. And I think she even lets out a, hey, you, you're the captain, right? Hearing that, Sayer's large ears prick and the crescent blades that were in mid fall down towards either of the twins falls clanking against the deck, piercing into the wood. And he stops, pulls the crescent blade up, looks around. His blade is still at the ready. It's spinning in his hand, but he's watching the twins and like a guard dog watching his sister move. And I think he finally takes the whole space where Lumira is, where Sing is, and where Zainan is. And I think as the lull continues, Blade's still out. He's watching the twins. He takes a step back closer towards the Manticrow's nest. And dangling above the Manticrow's nest is Zainan. What do you do? First things first. There needs to be something underneath this man's feet. Zainan, with a big grunt, swings himself back towards the manticrow's nest. And I think is a little bit cautious of thinking that he's going to run into Morn, forgetting that this is a spectral wolf and not a physical thing, and kind of stumbles a little bit and then rights himself and swings that rifle out, just looking, not willing to engage and waiting for an answer from Sing's 
query. Mm. Cutting back to you now, Axel, the fight has kind of come to a standstill. No more blows are being exchanged. No more weapons are flashing through the air. There's a bit of like a tense pause between both factions here, right? And the twist that you get is Abbasi Zahar from the aft jumps on Squall's back, goes, uh, and the Triforodon takes off with two huge beats of its wings, uh, launching off four clawed paws into the air and starts to glide down. And Abbasi uh, jumps off of Squall as Squall soars overhead and lands right next to you. And she just kind of lets out a, Dah! first that massive eight foot tall fire woman attacks my home and now some pirates raid us. What's next, Leviathans? What do you want, lady? Okay, that has absolutely clued me in on like exactly what I have been looking for my entire life. (laughs) But also, I absolutely want to maintain like equilibrium. Like I don't want to like lose any hand, even if we just stabilize. So like out, sort of out of um, Axel's forearm, really quickly you see like the sort of like dead discarded skins of like old spiders like form out and form blades one directly at Abasi and then one directly at the prim and say everybody take it very very easily we can talk but I would like to do it from equal ground you put your blades down will stand down. Axel takes one sort of like one final glance around and looks at you, Sayer, and says, not before they drop that sickle in the ground like the other. Sayer looks at you and there's a deep fire inside of his eyes. And he regards you and he sees that blade close to the print and close to a blossy, and there's a flash of something. Protectiveness? But his eyes look up towards the manticrow's nest. Zynan feels your gaze. The rifle hasn't moved, but he can see you out of the corner of his eye, and you just see a small nod of a black hat. He grunts, leans, and places the sickle down, and stands up to his full height. <laughs> Axel chuckles, intimidation. <laughs> Excellent. No intimidation, a promise. Fair. Sir. You see Axel, like, reconsumes those blades, like they're as one with, with them as any other bit of them, and puts their humanoid arms down, but doesn't release the cage. Like, there's still a cage of, like, black limbs coming out around the prim. And they say to the prim, because the prim is, as far as Axel can tell, the most open. (laughs) Tell me about this Iggy, Aggy? Igni. Igni. Yes. She is the aforementioned eight-foot-tall woman that burned down part of the Raya, I looked into their eyes when they abducted me from the guest chambers of the Raya, and I peered 
into a little bit of their past, and through their eyes, I saw someone who looked a lot like you, but a little bit younger. You're dead, though. Or Igni thinks you're dead. They saw you die. They think they saw you die. That... that that's not right. They... they fell overboard. They... she... Yes, they did. A fireball hit them. They took the hit. They were very strong to have taken the hit. Then they woke up. The next thing they remember, they were pulled onto some vessel. There was a man. I think they thought of him as the Baron. And then the Baron showed them the burned down remains of the fourth guide. But the fourth guide is right there and it looks very beetle-like. It is. It's a beautiful beetle. It's our home. Tell me, tell me what more you know. The the Baron, do, do you know where she went? I can perhaps attempt to ascertain where they went, but are your friends going to attack us afterward? You see that uh, Axel begins to sigh in, in old hand, looking for Umber. Umber has retracted the grappling hook, is pulling up to their full height. I see three raised hands from my cast. <laughs> okay, uh, I want to know what Nova is up to during this exchange. I have a point in old hand. I think Zynan just is just going to follow that the that his assailant's name is Umber. Mm. At least understanding what it is in, in in old hand, maybe not necessarily uh, to say it in low sour. <laughs> okay, uh, Sayer Lumira, is that similar to what you were gonna say? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all three of you know old hand. That's so funny. Yeah. So as soon as Captain Axel gestures, you know that they're referring to their first mate, Umber, and for Umber to come over. And what other commands are you giving Umber in old hand, or is it just for them to arrive? I basically want Umber to manage the falling back of our crew, mm. but keeping a tight eye, like don't lose the upper hand and immediately deal to any wounded. Like we're not waiting until we get on the ship. The last thing I saw was a, like a split Achilles heel. That's gotta hurt. Yes. Like immediately begin sorting out, getting care for those people. But also Umber knows all too well. And I hope I can, as, as my first mate, I hope that they will work out what to do next, but I want them to reposition them in a way, themselves in a way that looks innocuous, but gives us some uh-huh. kind of like additional strike if you'd need it. Like, sure, <laughs> sure, be be peaceful, but not unguarded and on your toes, ready to take the high ground if needed. Okay, Umber sheaths that grappling hook, nods at the old hand and does a mixture of old hand and whistling, which is a special kind of, I think, uh, pirate code specific to your ship. And as soon as the whistle is given, Nova, you can tell that it's similar to like attack formations that you will have drilled at trans. And the pirates move without talking. They just split off. All of them sheath their weapons and they just disengage from your crew. Like they disengage from the aft, they pick themselves up. Several pirates flock to where Benny and the other uh, the other members of the polycule are and immediately start patching them up, right? But you also all notice that the pirates don't just all flock to one side of the ship. They take up stations basically aft, starboard, and uh, port. 
so they form kind of a triangle, uh, so they can like spring to action from any direction if need be at a moment's notice. But so far they haven't. Umber though does not join the rest of the pirates. They actually step out of order and they stride forward to approach you, Axel, as the Prin talks about this Igni person who feels very familiar to Iphigenia. And Umber cuts in without asking, without being told, addresses the Prin. What are you going on about, Sion? And the Prin finally tears their eyes away from you and turns to Umber. Oh, hello, you're the first mate, I assume. I'm just telling your captain about information they seem to be seeking. The information they seem to be seeking is not information anyone would have because they seek a ghost. And I am not a merchant of false hope. Thayer stalks forward like a caged lion and says, there is no ghost. I fought her myself. Umber whips around on her heel and glares at you. You tower over her, but she holds your gaze unafraid. Our captain has asked many wild sailors, many naval officers, many poachers, many vagabonds and bandits and conmen of every stripe and size the same question. Some of them are truthful and say they've never seen such a tall, broad-shouldered woman before, but others lie. They think it will get them a kinder fate than being devoured by the seas like they deserve. I do not tolerate con people or liars. Captain Axel, these wild sailors are lying to you. We cannot believe them. Umber, this is the first moment of even a shred of accuracy from another sailor on the seas. Why would you deny me this? Perhaps they have heard of us. Perhaps they have heard of Captain Axel, the silkskin, seeking answers about a woman that no longer exists. Umber, I know you do this from kindness, but you are doing me great harm. Fall back. I do not do this from kindness, Axel. I do this from love. Fall back. You. And Umber opens their mouth and you see it again. As always, the choice between pushing forward and falling back. And unlike the last time we saw her, she chooses to push forward. She steps toward you. No, this quest has tormented you for too long. I cannot see you torture yourself like this. How many more sprints will you take our crew on? We miss our families. We miss our homes. We need a break. You need a break. Did you not hear your captain? I think what they said was fall back. And Umber, with all due respect, that is your name, correct? Do not ever call my friend a liar again. We have seen and fought Igni. I've seen the destruction in which they have caused. So do not tell any of us that we are lying. We know what we saw. Listen. Also, it's rich that you think that the dead can't come back and Zynan holds his hand up and pets mourn. Spirits are common on the wild sea, sharpshooter. People come back in flesh and bone and skin as my captain seeks her, never. Once death takes you, you are gone. Once oblivion claims your soul, you cannot come back from the darkness under eaves. Axel is an incredibly soft-spoken individual. Their ship, for all intensive purposes, is like a silent, like heat-seeking missile. And 
this is one of the first times that Axel raises their voice. It is hoarse. It doesn't do this often. It crackles with betrayal, grief, a kind of rage as they yell at Amber, you are disobeying a direct order first, mate. Fall back. Umber snaps their jaw shut and flinches back as though burned. They yank their gaze away from Lumira, away from Zynan, away from Sayer, hook it back onto you. Their mouth opens once more, and then they close it, tighten their jaw, step back. And then in a voice so low only you can hear, they're very good at that, Axel. Umber says, do not just take them at their word, Captain. You deserve proof beyond visions. Sayer catches Lumira and her defense, and his eyes widen as yet another orchid blooms beneath his hair, and he turns back to look directly at you, Captain. This behemoth of a man is so focused on you, almost interested, as his lion-like tail swishes like a cat looking at a shadow on a wall. Axel's taking all of this new information in and is just trying to find the, the, the wood for the trees, as it were, and is kind of like, okay, destruction. Um, that doesn't sound like iffy, but there's this kind of growing, like gnawing pit of like, oh no, oh no. And finally asks the question that they've been afraid to ask is, you saw a great, broad, powerful woman destroying your home? A mountain, unmovable. What color were her eyes? Crimson, arterial. Yeah, Axel, that's not the Iffy you remember. Every other part of this description matches perfectly, but Iffy's eyes were, are, black. Crimson, that's not right. In perhaps a moment of foolishness, you see Axel sort of disengage the cage and, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, tell me if this is nonsense. I would like to try and use my aspect tremorsense to get a sense of like heartbeats, Anxiety levels. Is anyone lying? I know people are intense. I like the, the stakes are high here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm trying to sense, is there a way that I can use this aspect to tell if anyone is lying to me? Yes. As you center yourself and take in these heartbeats, right? I think all other noises, sounds gray out. And all you hear is the... <laughs> of dozens of heartbeats, both on Storm Chaser and still aboard the fourth guide. There are elevated pulses from like the adrenaline of fighting, but notably every single person who's spoken about this Igni woman who might be iffy, their hearts have been in cadence, in rhythm. They are not lying. They're telling the absolute complete truth. There's another heartbeat, bigger than the rest, very large thrumming not just organically, but with electrical energy underneath your feet in the engine room of Storm Chaser. It sounds like 
It sounds massive. It sounds like it could be the heart. Wait a minute. You've heard a similar heartbeat before. Several years ago, when you were making the fourth guide, the ship truly your own, you've heard a similar kind of heartbeat before. This is the heartbeat of a leviathan. This ship is powered, not unlike yours, by a part of a leviathan. And I am now fascinated and enamored and glad. Yes. I I absolutely, I'm like riddled with excitement from this. Your ship is that heartbeat, a leviathan? I'm, and I'm just asking this into what? space. Lumira <laughs> like, shuffles over to the Banticrow and yells upward. That's what I was trying to tell you. Every time I tried, everything went to hell in a handbasket. Can you come down? This is a lot to yell. Please? When Axel would have gotten to Zynan's heartbeat. It actually was a little elevated, not from the fight, from the word oblivion rolling around and around and around in his head. But the exclamation that the ship has a leviathan heart in it kind of snapped him out and he looks down at Lumira. What? There is not a leviathan in this ship. Mm-hmm. I've been all over. Th- oh, Okay. She is frantically telling you to, like, <laughs> gesturing for you to come down. Hop down, old man. I'll catch you. No. <laughs> the prince looks up at you, Axel, and gives a very uh, authentic nod. The prince's heart rate this entire time, perfectly steady. Like, yeah. completely, still, like, completely composed. Uh, it just says, ah, yes, Lumira and I just found that out. Our engine is the heart of a... I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, really. It's not very much my story to tell, I think. But it is our ally. It is our friend, I think. I hope. Storm Chaser wishes us well. And I think you have something we might want as well. That face, not Igni's, the other Scions, Amergens. It flashed in your mind's eye, too, when I went looking through your home. Home being your memories, of course. Have you seen Amergen? You see that all of a sudden, like all of the tension sort of leaves Axel completely and they go, ah, that. And like, they're sort of um, tattoos, if you will, negative space tattoos kind of like move and shift around as they go, ah, a week ago, I saw them out on the Verdant Sea, the Amergen. Yes. Where, where, where was she? Where were they? Uh, and this is a bossy immediately okay, rushing bossy. forward, like right next to you. Uh, actually reaches forward, not in like an intimidating gesture, but uh-huh. they just have like no thoughts, no filter. They try to like grab onto the front of your shirt, question mark, and like shake you. Yeah. Where is she? Where did you see her? Uh, again, like more tattoos shifting. I think it was... Uh, And Axel, you would be able to, I think, through the shifting tattoos on your body, conjure a pretty accurate map of where you saw Amergen and like an idea of their trajectory too. Okay, excellent. So what I would do then is I would um, again use uh, Shirk the Skin and sort of release a bunch of spiders out of me to create this map in front of um, the the Raya's uh, like feet. Mm-hmm. And go, mm. there, 
<laughs> Dude. Oh, that is terrifying, but also <laughs> so interesting. How do you do? Lumira has been walking laps around you this entire time, like looking you up and down, like how does... And you're able to move all of them separately, like I, I, I am detach all of them. And then inside, there's more. Oh, legion! And then, like, so I'll sort of like release my little face, and I'll release the sort of silks around that form my face, and all of the cute, tiny little jumping spiders make just one like big, full, cute face of just like, and then my face comes back. <laughs> Y'all handle that. <laughs> Arms across their chest. She's just like, I want no parts. <laughs> Zainan genuinely starts laughing seeing Lumira turn away after having such acute scientific interest in a new, like, life form. <laughs> You'll have to excuse our very well intended healer, Lumira. That's all right. I think we got off on the wrong foot, Captain. Thank you. You can also tell that one over there, and she's like pointing in the direction of the one whose Achilles heel she cut. Uh-huh. If you need any hemp stitches to like sew the, the tendon back together before you suture it, those tend to be the best ones. You don't have to go in and cut them out later. They kind of dissolve. And Thank just... you. I um, I take that as an olive branch. <laughs> And Axel's just going to, like, note in their mind that the wounded member of the polycule will get extra, extra treats tonight. Yes, to extra gelato, extra gelato. Yeah, extra gelato, yeah. yes. Yes. I, uh, I think what Lumira means to say is, welcome aboard, Storm Chaser. We would love to, uh, have a little conversation. I think a conversation is exactly what is required. And at this point... Axel loves a little hospitality and loves to sort of um, entertain people and there's no better place to do that than their home. So they're going to send a little bit of old hand back to Umber. And if if there was like a quality with which this old hand was happening, there's like a slight apologetic quality to how they're communicating yep. to them. Like they don't want to, they don't want to be fighting, but like this is, I just want this to get done to go back home to prep the ship, to make sure that the pots are boiling, to make sure everything's ready. I kind of feel safe here and I can manage this and I'll wave walk my way back. Mm. But depending on how negotiations go, I will be bringing my guests. Sure. And all of you catch this in old hand as Axel signals toward Umber. Umber, hands behind her back, takes this in stride, gives you a little bit of an icy nod. It hasn't forgiven you completely for how you've talked to them, but yeah. kind of like gives in a little bit and signals back a, of course. Uh, and then they let out another sharp whistle and all of the pirates begin to like disperse back toward the starboard side of Storm Chaser, where we see uh, they throw various grappling hooks up. They like pirates that are mounted on the fourth guide bring down gangplanks for them to like start returning back to their ship and carrying their injured and tending to them. As the other pirates and crew members begin to exit, Umber is one of the last to leave. And they kind of like 
place a hand on your back, Axel, and they say again in that low tone that I think only the Prin and Lumira can hear. Be careful, Axel. I'm trusting you on this, and as far as I can tell, we can likely take these wild sailors at their word. I very much hope they are telling the truth. I'm here for you, no matter what happens. Thank you, Umba. I am sorry I spoke to you in that manner. I hope that this is the truth that I have been seeking, and if it isn't, we will return home to see our families. If it isn't, I will have an example made of them. And her voice rises at that. (laughs) Fair scoffs. Uh, Holds your gaze again. Right, like steely, and then pivots over to Lumira, holds your gaze as well. You don't scare me. Hmm. I've seen scarier things, with all due respect. With all due respect, is it? You remind me of someone I know very well. And Umber's eyes flick back to Axel for a hot second, and then they turn and go go to embark upon a gangplank. They must be brilliant. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Axel full, full, like belts and chuckles and laughs at that. Um, and then I th- and then I think immediately leads with, so who wants to see a Leviathan heart? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> uh, and basically, I think they kind of want to like win them over and begin diplomatic discussions and sharing of information, but over on the um, the fourth guide and sort of take them on like an, an interior tour. Also knowing full well that they can fight a lot better on their home territory. So, <laughs> sure. Yes, there is, this is open and very kind, but also like, uh, this kind of gets me a win. I look at Pop Pop. Sayer does as well. He looks at his sickle that's still in the ground, sees that Axel is inviting us to the other ship, and looks back at Zynan. And you can tell that he's deeply uncomfortable with the state of affairs. Zynan starts to follow Axel, but kind of leans back, leaning towards actually Sing. Nothing to worry about, right? The chosen one of fate with us. We'll handle it. We won't fail. I won't fail. Not again. Trust in her will. Trust in her will. Sing sheaths her longsword with like a very confident, assured motion and strides forward as the first to follow Axel. And there's a kind of urgency in her step, the urgency of someone who is determined to prove herself. Uh, And I think with that, Nova boards the fourth guide. Abasi comes with Abasi. This entire time has been on her hands and knees, copying the map into her journal, like the same journals that you found like way back in Siren. So I was like copying them, right? As like an uh, axle skin, I think picks up and then like rejoins the rest of the captain, like from being <laughs> yeah, on the ground. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While it just it kind of trails behind, it can't they can't be too far away. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And Squall also, I think, uh, lands on the deck beside all of you, kind of rocking Storm Chaser. Uh, and Abasi rushes over to Squall, pats the neck, and Squall lets out a <laughs> as if kind of upset that he has to join uh, the fourth guy that very rudely threw a net over him, but ruffles his feathers and is convinced as well. So 
deep in the heart of the fourth guide. Again, this ship is two to three times the size of Storm Chaser. So there are multiple levels below deck, kind of in the deepest area, in the center of where the ship's central mast would be, kind of right underneath that uh, central big post, is the engine room. And unlike Storm Chaser, the engine room for the fourth guide has various different entry points, almost like the below decks are like an insect's nest, right? With various different tunnels leading to different rooms and chambers. And Axel, you guide your tourists basically through one of these tunnels, open up the door, and all of you see a intimate and yet still vaulted and rather ornate chamber. And the center of it is a cocoon. It's about the size of the Leviathan heart in Storm Chaser's engine room. It's a large cocoon. There's various pieces of webbing that kind of string it upright so it's suspended in the center of this room and it's glowing faintly and something inside it seems to be moving and rattling every now and then. I think me and the Prin immediately lock eyes. Lumira's eyebrows shoot up to her forehead. Yeah, the prince face for the first time actually emotes and it's like pure awe and excitement. <gasps> Disgusting. Just like the heart. I love it. Do you mind if I take a look around? I won't touch anything unless I ask first. Of course you may. And Axel has picked up on the fact that like something about them, like not in like a uh, offensive way, kind of makes you uncomfortable. So they've been like cultivating more silks around their spiders just like trying to like make more coverings to make sure that you feel a little bit safer. <laughs> um, and as they're sort of doing this, they're kind of talking, they're sort of rattling off telling this tale about how they saved the sort of um, uh, cocoon um, from a from a beetle guard, uh, Kami Kabuto, and says, uh, you can absolutely um, have a look and kind of inspect it if you want, but don't touch anything. Yeah, the story as Axel tells it is there were a, not just one ship, but a small fleet of poachers were trying to basically take down a Leviathan, uh, Kami Kabuto, a great beetle god. But the fourth guide came in and under Axel's leadership, they were able to essentially dispose of the poachers, give them, you know, the consequences they deserved, right? It cut them away from the beetle god. Unfortunately, Kami Kabuto's wounds were mortal. This mighty beast was mortally wounded, but with kind of its last breath, gifted the fourth guide this cocoon, uh, their child, their next self, to serve as an engine and allowed parts of their body, including their chitin and their shell, to serve as the hull, as silent and effective defenses for the fourth guide as a gift for helping them in their hour of need. Lumira has been bouncing on her heels, like uh, bouncing back and forth between the balls of her feet and her heels the entire story. Like obviously paying attention, but like waiting for that, okay, like class dismissed, like <laughs> type of. Um, yes, uh, please, please at your leisure, um, take, a, take a look. I peel off. <laughs> You're off immediately. You immediately start just like looking at various aspects of the cocoon. And there she goes. Uh, as he like follows Lumira, like running towards the engine. And Sayer softens, Captain. I think you see that. He was initially very uncomfortable. He still left his crescent blades on the deck of Storm Chaser. 
and walked here. But as you told your story, this brutal, violent man softens and is very, very attentive at your deed. And you can see that he's shifting about, kind of like looking at Zion and looking at this whole thing with amazement, because it's really cool, uh, but he's trying to contain it. But it looks like he's waiting for you to query more. He's, he's waiting for the next shoot to drop. Axel, getting a read on this, I think, sort of comes to you and says, you don't always have to have your guard up, you know? Uh-huh. I, uh... And he, he's genuinely taken aback because you clocked him 100%, and he just kind of goes, sorry, habit. That's what I'm trained for. Zainan genuinely laughs, too. Just a little bit to the side, trying to not show it to Seer, but you, you, it's not super well hidden. Axel sort of, like, grabs you by the shoulders as, like, sort of big as you are, but, like, grab, holds you by the shoulders and goes, relax! Uh, Have a good time! Uh, there's there's food and drinks and treats upstairs. Take a load off for once. Um... Uh, uh, okay, sir. Uh, sure. Uh, and he semi-relaxes a little bit, but he's still kind of like, as you tell him to relax, you see the youngness, the boyishness, finally peer out from behind the mask of the guard dog, the protector. And he like tries to relax, and he and he looks at Zaina, and he looks at you, and he's like, "I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. This is me relaxed." Good. Yes. If you don't let that little boy out, whatever's eating you up will consume you. All right, so I'm going to look over at Zainan. I think Axel's just kind of like, just trying to like penetrate these kind of dark brooding people. That's kind of going, hmm. So uh, basically the equivalent of um, you come here often. Like it's just one of those like, so. uh." Zynan has (laughs) loosened up a lot since coming down out of the Manticrow's nest and what was basically like a a shadow of a person, just the outline, the, the specter of this gunslinger silhouette. Being down on the deck, he's gotten a lot warmer and has, uh, you can see that there's a fondness and seeing someone poke at Seer to be a boy, be a kid, have a good time really does actually warm him. But there's something about how he put it that there's, if you don't let that boy out and Zynan listens to this as well. And I don't think he hides it very well that he is also listening to your words. But he's also just smiling and looking at this strange, glowing set of silks. He's not hes not that technologically savvy about what's going on here, and it's not hard to see that. But he's, he's definitely like, this is, this is fascinating, if nothing else. Axel, as a lover of people and a reader of people, will clock very much that you're taking that on as well, like you're taking on the words that they shared with Seer uh, as well, and begin a level of small talk that is more kind of probing, like, um, do you want to know how it works? Explaining little bits if you're sort of interested, and really 
you can kind of feel that in a non-threatening way, they're sort of closing distance with you physically. It's something that happens quite, it's a sense that there's a sense of ease coming off of them, off of them about this, but they are very much tactile as an individual. So as they explain things to you that your shoulders are touching, there's a sense of like putting their arm around you as they talk through things more. There's a warmth that's just naturally exuding off of Axel towards you. Unlike probably a lot of people that put off the airs that Zynan does, he doesn't even shirk away. He doesn't flinch. He welcomes it. He welcomes the closeness in a way that I think is incongruent with a lot of the rest of him. (laughs) (laughs) Having read that like sort of level of comfort very much, but also very much, oh no, Axel can't do that. Ah, Lumiere's in the room. Damn. What? <laughs> what? Removing part, okay. Minds yeah. out of gutters. Okay. I am an agent of spiders. Zidon is our and? resident man. You think that would stop okay? Zidon? <laughs> <laughs> Me, Sam, Sam, the player goes, and? <laughs> I'm like, this boy is a bottom. Uh, so, Suhyong. <laughs> Suhyung, on the heels of the story about Kami Kabuto, as everyone's kind of like starting to take in this cocoon, starting to settle into this degree of comfortability, and says very plainly and openly for everyone to hear, if a Leviathan has chosen to bless you with a gift of their reincarnation, then you must be trustworthy. You are a friend to the wilds, and so you are a friend to me. Excellent. And I think I'd like to spend some time speaking with um, Lumaire, purely because of my physique as well, they're the hardest person for me to kind <laughs> of like ingratiate myself to because, and then and Axel isn't offended by this. They know that they're a pile of spiders. It's fine, they're okay with it. They've made peace with themselves. They have self-love. Um, <laughs> but like, they, I think that they kind of also want to like make one beeline connection over there. Yeah, I think as you head over to where uh, Lumira is, uh, Sing, I think, was in the middle of also interfacing with Lumira, had actually uh, flourished a palm, and out popping from her sleeve is a big ferret. A little little kind of slinky, minky ferret guy uh, who kind of flip with his like, furry little face. She says, this adorable little creature hopped on me while we were making our way below deck. I think they want to say hello to you. Hey. Lumira looks so confused and like looks back at Singh again. Her eyebrow is like way high up. Like you're, you're, of, of course you're serious. Okay. Um, hi, hello. Um, I guess you are kind of cute. <laughs> she like scratches like at the, the top of its head. Just like, um, all right. I don't understand what that means. I think it means they like you. I think it means they like you a lot. It is pretty adorable. And I think I like it too. I like it a lot. Yeah, as you're you're scratching the top of this rig ferret's head as Axel comes up and Sing, I think, twists their hand and the ferret kind of 
fluidly goes back into the sleeve of their robe. Uh, but Sing turns, uh, I think, kind of like bows a little bit, uh, curtsy to you, Axel, even though there's very much a cheerful, confident, bright demeanor. Her okay. eyes, those pink, intense eyes are still focused on you a little bit okay. carefully as she like backs okay. off and lets you approach Lumira. I like squeeze her shoulder just like gently a bit as she walks away. Axel approaches you and you immediately notice that there are way more silk wraps. Like, just like as many silk wraps as possible. There are areas of little, oh, and in fact, um, kind of not not in a, not in an attempt to to sort of mock but um the sort of the spiders have created a kind of like sort of facsimile of the ornate designs on your um the costume on your like clothing um they've sort of done like a kind of crude rendering <laughs> but like as best as they can kind of do it from memory just to like afford a little comfort and axel comes up to you and says I um I hope that uh, this uh, uh, aids or smooths our speaking. I I know that um I can be quite distressing to some. No, not at all. Actually, that's very interesting that you are able to make that extra silk and then just. What happens when you're done? You just get rid of it? Does it, like, go oh, back? Oh, I will uh, charge it to a few more spiders in my legion to break down and largely use it for weapons. Good to know. I like what they did with the gears. That's, you know, not many people could pull this look off. And her eyes immediately go back to, <laughs> like, looking over, like, the last little bit of the cocoon that she was looking at. This is... Everything is so different here. Is it? You, um, you sort of, um, see Axel regarding you. And I think there might be like a hint, oh, I'm going to cause nonsense. There's like a hint of like awe, like a kind of attraction, like a kind of like a, an unspoken understanding. There's just, they very much picked up on that sense that they are quite similar as individuals. And your level of curiosity and like, like wonder um, invokes like uh, a level of, of, of further curiosity from Axel. I think Lumira, in all of her curiosity, is completely oblivious. You do catch her eyes linger after saying as they depart for a second. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like it's, you can tell by looking at her and her eyes are frantically scrubbing this entire thing. Mm. There's so many thoughts and questions that she has but her brain is moving faster than her mouth allows it. So she can't articulate where exactly she wants to start her line of questioning. So she just kind of looks at you. Okay. And blinks. (laughs) Very fast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Axel clocks that look that 
sort of like that lingering glance between you and saying and quickly sort of reads that and knows that for what it is and being the kind of like fluid slightly more polyamorous individual that they are kind of goes ah okay cool all right that's i have to reshift gear here a little bit let that play play out and then maybe at a later date if they decide to open things up we can have that conversation <laughs> but like it's definitely like <laughs> It's definitely, um. yeah, it's definitely clocked in a, in their mind. But um, uh, Axel sort of like looks at you and and asks, "You, um, your crew is uh, uh, quite um, brash and uh, a little little brooding. You seem there's a light about you." I can't quite put my finger on and I wanted to thank you for coming to my defense. It is embarrassing when uh, a captain's orders are being disregarded in such a manner, but um, you must forgive, Amber. They have uh, my best interests at heart and I have pushed my crew to their limit. Lumira takes that in for a second and her eyes intently focus on you and she typically stands very tall uh, her fingers typically steepled if they're not actively doing something and she kind of recognizes that and her posture slouches a bit she sticks her hands into her pocket when you're in a legion an order a group there's a person that takes point That person is who we all report to, and that person is responsible for us while out on whatever mission it is. So when your captain says down and you don't back down, where I come from, that is treason. A heavy price to pay for speaking your mind. The repercussions vary amongst the severity of the discretion. But we don't take kindly to the disrespect and disobeying of our higher-ups. Interesting. And in this society of yours, how are these decisions made? Every family has rules. Rules that are set upon and agreed upon, by which the family itself operates in order to, for all intents and purposes, join. You have to know these, backwards and forwards, and live by them. So obedience affords you safety, community. I think at that, Lumira, like, gulps a little bit audibly, because she has never really thought of it like that. Obedience affords peace more than anything else. Peace. I have spent so much time on the verdancy with its ebbs and flows that all is always moving. Uh, peace can be found even in the chaos. So how does one who, as you say, uh, obeys and seeks order find themselves with such a motley crew, if you will? And... um You seem to know much about healing, yet you also do harm 
I, I, I do not judge. I, I, I merely seek to understand. I am drawn to healing others consistently. I know how the body works, but also at the same time, I understand that not everyone I meet in everyday life and situations are coming to me and at me with the best intentions. So in order for me to protect my family, I also should be somewhat martially capable. No one knows the body better than a person who studies anatomy. A shrewd assessment by a shrewd and uh, bright and magnificent being. And with that, I think we pull up to the top deck of the fourth your negotiations have gone well, you have a map of Amergen's last known whereabouts, and as the sun sets, the pirate ship has come alive. Jars of fireflies have been placed on crates and stools, casting a bright, merry light in all directions, and those aforementioned adorable rig ferrets are scuttling along masts and shrouds, the ropes twanging under their tiny little feet like guitar strings. And up on an improvised stage, Vosh, a freshly bandaged Benny, and Pan are knocking together a tune with well-loved instruments, filling the air with music, laughter, and good cheer. Cresereal flows freely, pirates perch on crates and banisters, drinking in this fresh night air, sharing pints of worm apple cider with friends. And I think we pull in on these celebrants now for a, a quick little moment with each of you. The bossy's probably taking me to wherever the drinks are, right? Like, that's that's what's happening, right? A hundred percent, yes. You and a bossy, like, boom, at this uh, set-up improvised bar where there are all kinds of different drinks, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sayer has whatever uh, a bossy is having and kind of, like, holds it up and takes a swig. And as he already takes a swig, he like plays with that little cup in his hands. Uh, and Abasi knows this as like Sayer looks extremely hesitant and kind of nervous as he's like playing around with this cup in his hands. Yeah, she's she's knocking back a shot of Spectrogen. Mm. What's wrong? You look like someone ate your, I don't know, something that you hold dear to your heart, your swords. You look like someone ate your swords. What's wrong? You know I love more things than just the crescent blades, right? You understand that. Okay, then you look like someone ate your sister. In the bad way. <laughs> he starts laughing, uh, and he, he just like shakes his head and is like, I mean, listen, Sin can get herself out of anything. Seen her? Oh, I've seen her. She's, anyway. <clears throat> What the oh, come what was that? on! I did try to ask her out, you know, before Igni burned my home to the ground. <sighs> and his face like changes as soon as Igni's brought up. Is that what's got your griddles all stuck to your pan? Yeah. Before we met the captain, it was supposed to be easy. Track down Igni, track down Arachnus, hunt them both down, and the fires. Do you see how they look every time this? woman is brought up? How are we gonna tell her? I think that's probably something that Axel is gonna have to deal with. I don't want to be the one that does that breaking. I mean, 
I don't think you have to be. Uh, I sure as shit don't want to be the one to break the news to Axel, but uh, I mean, Su Hyun's pretty good at just delivering anything to anyone at any time. You know, tact is not exactly a strong suit of theirs. No, I actually appreciate it. I like it. I don't have to guess and figure out the, the politics or anything. I like, I like them. Me too. It's just whatever Igni is a part of. I don't know if Axel is ready to know the monster. I don't know, Sayer. I mean, you, we all saw that beautiful cocoon thing down there, right? Like, Axel strikes me as someone who's been around the seas, you know? As someone who's lost people more than just this iffy person that Igni used to be, I guess. Obviously, Igni, iffy, whatever, means a lot to them. I don't know if it's on us to decide how Axel gets to react. Whether it means if and when Axel finds Igni again, too much has changed. They can't be friends anymore. Maybe that's what Igni deserves. But I don't know, maybe Axel can get through to her. Huh. Man. You know, I couldn't really give a shit if Igni sank to the bottom of the Wild Sea and died today. For everything she, she did to my home. But, I guess, I, we've been trying to find Armagen for so long, and I guess I know a little bit of how it feels to look for someone who is important to you. For me, it's someone that I hate and is a nemesis, right? But for Axel, clearly is someone that had some kind of deep romantic, platonic, familial, I don't know, <laughs> just deep loving relationship with. Say wordlessly puts an arm around Abasi if... Uh, they so allow and just like pulls them close to his shoulder and chest and just squeezes their shoulder. I did so before, but maybe I don't want my path to always be violence. But you're right. Maybe it's not my choice. I'll do what the situation necessitates. It's simpler that way. Uh, and he like pulls away and tries to lean back against the bar and continues uh, taking another swig of his drink as he just kind of watches everything and continues conversation with Abasi. And lighten up a bit, you know? Bring out the boy, like Axel said. Come on, all right, you why and me here. Why is everyone, why is everyone saying that? I am relaxed. I'm gonna drink, we're gonna do the thing where we lock arms and we drink together, okay? Uh, all right, here, fine. come on, all come right. on. All, all right. right, yep, One, all right. One, two, three, Squaw, you put that man down! Squaw, drop, drop, no, bad! Uh, and a bossy runs off as Squaw has picked up a pirate uh, in their beak and is kind of like throwing their head side to side like it's a chew toy. And the pirate's going, yeah! Uh, and we pan across, I think, to find Umber and Axel. Axel, Umber has found you in this moment, maybe by the starboard banister. Like you've stepped away from your crew who always, who always, always love to talk to you, right? But you've had like a nice quiet moment, you step away. Umber's leaning against this banister with you, nursing, I think, just clear, purified water. Arms crossed in front of her chest, watching what's happening. And as I think you step up next to her, without looking at you, she takes a sip and then goes, I am not going to apologize. Not for disobeying you, that I will apologize for, as you deserve but for doubting you all these years. I doubted you because I love you, Axel. And I only ever want what's best for you. But 
I can say this. I will follow you anywhere, including into the darkness under eaves, if that's what it takes to find Iphigenia. Axel's eyes begin to sort of well up and their like additional silk skin starts to fall away as like slowly they are trying to find, they're really good with their words. Like they're really good at like navigating interpersonal relationships and all that. So they're, they're looking for the words, but the more that they look for the words, all they find is a kind of relief and release. And just this quiet, like weeping, like just like as there's as all of their spiders just begin to kind of just dissolve and form around Umber as like they can shed their skin and just be themselves and they just weep, like just a pile of spiders just weeping from years of holding it together. There's no need to apologize, there's nothing to apologize for. I get it. All of that is unsaid stuff, I think. Axel can't find the words to communicate this moment today. They're like, they now have just unmasked. There's no mm. more mask left. Even though you're so close to so many members of your crew, Umber is one of the few who can fully, truly hold you when you just need to unravel. And she holds you. Every one of you, every part of you, against that banister, uh, stroking, I think, her hand over your various shoulders, your backs, letting you hold her and holding you in return. I will be by your side, Captain, until the very end. That's what I'll do as your first mate. I don't think what I like what I'm going to find, Umber. If anyone can bring Iffy to her senses, no matter what darkness has taken a hold of her, it's you. You've always had a special connection. Deeper than love, I think. Okay. But first, I think the crew need to go home. <laughs> yes, I agree. I think the trio are very eager to have a date on something that isn't the fourth guide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I can stand one more night listening to them. Uh, these walls are quite thin. Yes. Uh, there's not enough gelato in the world. No, there is not. And I think it's at that point that Suhyun just comes up without asking. Uh, Suhyun is nursing a cup of what appears to be a deep berry wine of sorts. Their, their cheeks are slightly flushed, a little aglow. They come up, no preamble. They say directly to you, Axel. Hello, I hope you find her. She needs you, I think. Oh. Axel sort of begins to compose themselves enough. Thank you, and thank you for your openness and your kindness and for trusting me. Of course. I saw something within you, even before the story of Kami Kabuto, I saw a person that could be trusted. A person who has the Wild Sea's best interests at heart, but more importantly, a person who has the community's interests at heart. We need Amrogen. The Scions do. These wild sailors I've been traveling with do. Siren's Song does. 
the wild sea does. We're all better together. Stronger. Kinder. There are enough seas for all of us. Yes. Yes, there are. I am very drunk. Goodbye. And Suhyun turns <laughs> and shuffles off. And I think, uh, I think we pan across this scene to find Zynan. Zynan is watching that trio on the stage. And there is a fondness of another set of people laid over them. And he just sits and watches and sips a Creserail. Morn has been out of the pendant. This uh, spiritual ghost pinwolf, I think, has uh, squatted down next to where you are. And even though they, you know, their wagging tail thumping against the broadwood uh, is kind of ghostly, it still makes a kind of solid noise. Uh, it, it can definitely interact with objects when it wants to. And the silhouette of this wolf, I think, turns its head in your direction as you're observing the party kind of from afar, keeping your distance from these people, and cocks its head a bit inquisitively to the side, and I think leans in and nuzzles the side of your face. All right. And Zynan pets Morn, feeling the little wisp of what is probably salt in there somewhere, Mm -hmm. as salt in this realm has such peculiar qualities, and he thinks of the blade in his boot and he just pats Morn on the head they do have a beautiful home don't they (laughs) thank you for today and then a ghostly tongue comes out and licks you once on the side of your face (laughs) yeah Zynan enjoys feeling a little bit like he is sitting in a barn having a drink with three familiar faces and the smell of an animal that isn't a ghost pen wolf, but it feels just for a moment like he is truly home. Drinking with ghosts and more than just a wolf by your side. That's where we find you for the rest of the night, Zynan. And I think as we pull away from this vista of celebration and we pull onto you, Lumira. I think Lumira is kicked back. She's nursing, I think, also a deep berry wine. I think the same kind (laughs) that the Prin was drinking, to be honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... She's kind of like swirling it around in her glass and like leaned up against the wall with her foot up and she's just talking shit with Sing. Like they're both like just like next to each other and like fully engrossed in each other, but just like right there. For sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, Sing's in the middle of, of telling you something like whispering, leaning in close, whispering in your ear, like, and you know, I spoke with one of the other crew members earlier tonight. I think their name was Lenny. This infamous pirate, all very intimidating and, and uh, impressive for sure, but has a very deep, kind streak. Lenny was rescued from a group of poachers that they were serving with just a couple of days ago, and apparently Axel does quite a good job recruiting people from less fortunate positions. Isn't that nice of them? Mm. 
Someone who is rather fond of picking up strays. Interesting. Hmm. Now, are you speaking from a position of experience, Lumira? Why would you ask me that, Sang? Oh, you know, no reason. Just wondering if you like just feeding strays now and then, or if you'll, you know, let them into your home, let them cozy up to you next to the fire. They have to be a brilliant companion first mm. before I allow them into my home. Mm. As they should be. You deserve only the finest, Louis. That I think I can reserve for you, darling. Oh, <laughs> shucks. So I was wondering if you wanted to... But that is when I think Axel approaches because Axel... Umber has just told you, kind of nudged you at Lubira, like nodding, like gesturing a little bit, uh, kind of had even muttered under her breath at you. Uh, you know how you always talk about wishing that at least one member of our crew would be brave enough to wave walk with you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not really that scary at all. All you have to do is listen to the, to the waves and just listen to the, to, to the trees. They all grow in a song and a rhythm. Why is everyone so scared? <laughs> <laughs> because it is quite scary if they don't know what they're doing. I do remember one of our first dates, though, wave walking together. You know, I think someone like her could benefit from you showing her the ropes. You are absolutely right, Umber. Thank you. You're welcome, Captain. And Axel sort of, like, spiders at the ready. They're, like, most uh, fresh, spiffy outfit, making sure all the spiders are tapped away as much as possible. And there's as they approach Numira uh, and say... Have you ever been walking amongst the waves? I'm sorry, what? The... <clears throat> the waves? Uh, it's, uh, it's beautiful out... Uh, I, I know a spot. Um, it is fascinating, um, truly. Um, once you uh, traverse the surface and maybe dip below the, the, the upper regions of, of the Verdancy, there are a myriad of species um, <clears throat> that uh, one can uh, observe and, and study. Uh, you, th and there may be, a, uh, I can show you some healing herbs. Um, <clears throat> you can show me. Uh, um, yes, you, I could surprise you. So let me get this correct, Captain Axel. And Lumira like pushes herself up off the like the wall that she was just casually leaning against, arms still crossed, and she's once again walking a lap around you, eyes not leaving yours directly. So you're telling me that a humanoid or humanoid-esque figure that has body mass can walk upon the top of waves without sinking. Well, yes, you see, it really isn't that complex at all. As the verdancy keeps growing and more branches keep forming, you just have to listen to the rhythm of the sea and the sea will catch you. And listening to the rhythm of the sea 
and the sea will catch me. It makes more sense if I just show you. <laughs> yep, Sing tilts her antlers forward and kind of nudges you with uh, their hip a bit. Just says, I think you'd have fun. Go on. I mean, you love the gardens, right? Now you can get up close and personal with the verdancy. Fine. You know I can't say no to you. <laughs> Fine. Excellent. Um, Axel sort of like uh, takes a few steps back, lining up the shot, and just jumps and like leaps off the edge of the Am ship. Am I supposed to do that? Come on, um, Lumi, go on. <laughs> well, good thing is that if I don't knock myself out, I'll at least be able to heal myself. And Lumero will walk backwards and uh, just breakneck speed. I think she kind of flutters like mm. her cape out back behind her and kind of like adjusts her stature in the uh, in the floor and just barrel speed yeah. and jumps. As you book it toward the banister, Sing uh, jogs backward with you and gives you kind of like a wink and says, we'll do it together and holds out a hand for you. I'll grab it, absolutely. And the two of you run, right? Like people running toward the edge of a cliff before jumping into the lake below. And you like absolutely just leap off of the edge of the banister and vanish into the leaves. The celebration lasts well into the night. The smell of mulch beer and spectrogen lingering in the air until the first rays of morning arrive. The twin moons take their bow, leaving space on the stage for sunrise. Warmth spreads across this rustling canopy of the verdancy. Flowers open their blooms, morning insects buzz, thrumming birds poke their tiny little heads out of fine cradled nests, sniffing the air for nectar. The wild tea isn't the only thing waking up. Strike Team Nova, no matter where exactly physically you ended up last night, you do remember to rendezvous on Storm Chaser. We find the four of you now on your ship's broadwood deck, still wiping the memory of the party from the backs of your eyes. We also see a bossy and squall. The scion of body is leaning very tiredly, a little hungover, against the tri Triforodon's flank, and squall also looks kind of hungover. And as for the prin, they are standing completely alert, very, very bright-eyed at the base of the Manticrow's nest, as though they got a complete full night of sleep. And Captain Axel also stands astride your deck. There is a gangplank that connects Storm Chaser up to the fourth guide, which looms massively beside your ship. And in the morning light, with the fog completely evaporated, you see this vessel in its full glory. Again, two, three times the size of Storm Chaser, with a glittering hull of insectoid chitin and scuttling nimble legs, currently at rest upon the undulating waves of the wild sea. The pirates of the guide are mostly all busy readying the ship for departure, but we do see Umber, the first mate, leaning against the banister above all of you, watching your farewell with careful, studious eyes. And now, we push in on Pirate Queen Axel. Axel, these strangers, four wild sailors you've never seen before, two scions of the seas, a Triforodon, have been your greatest and only lead toward finding your best friend in over a decade. 
How do you deliver your words of goodbye? You see Axel um, standing uh, sort of before them. They've got a little satchel that they're carrying with them. And they look at each of them and sort of take them in and regard them. And they begin to say, <clears throat> I have been seeking, ever seeking, for the last 10 years. And <laughs> call it hope or call it sheer stubbornness. Or call it the desire to not be proved wrong. I kept seeking and having met you means I am one step closer to finding my friend, even if I may not like what I see. Thank you for your kindness, your compassion and hospitality. And before you go, I am a sort of collector <laughs> and I've brought gifts uh, for, for each of you. Prim? Uh, here are some of that wine you enjoyed so much. Ah, excellent. I hope you can take some of the spirit and merriment of the fourth guide with you on your journeys. Oh, thank you so much. Seer, you see Sir. that like... <laughs> so formal. You are a captain. Thank you. I wanted to uh, give you something to help you uh, unwind a bit, but... I realized that um, you might only enjoy it if it also had some sort of practical application. So I, uh, I went into our stores and found another set of uh, these uh, yo-yos for you. They are both a toy and a weapon. They are also a weapon. Um, but please take some, some time to uh, foster that, uh, <laughs> that childlike energy of yours. You see that uh, Axel has... Uh, sort of comes to you with a small like little wooden creature and it's it's like a small little doll like a small carving and they give it to you and say this is a reminder for you to remember that um, you are not alone you always have people and a home and if you ever need a place to call your port the fourth guide will always be there for you they sort of walk over to Lumera and this like this conversation goes so much easier for them actually because they sort of just launch into a detailed explanation of a set of gloves they've given them that are made from like the silk from their from their spiders um, these will help you against the crescent now when you hold on to a bark make sure that you're, you're not touching the surface otherwise you'll be poisoned the burns they're, they're, they're te terrible so make sure that you're always um, making a connection with some kind of barrier um, in part of your body and remember, just listen, listen, listen to yourself. Uh, you are not governed by anyone here, only the waves. lumera has been avidly writing all of this information <laughs> down. Like she pulled out like the little book that is like strapped to her belt and has been like adamantly like, has been keeping direct eye contact with you, but her hand has been going <laughs> right across the book effortlessly. Brilliant. And she nods and she smiles and she'll lean in and speak in hushed tones. We both know, never give up. Don't let anyone ever tell you that your path, your journey, the way you're going to the way that brings you peace, that is for you and you only. So you give up 
when you want to give up. Don't let anybody else dictate that. Thank you. And I think this is the first time that Axel goes in for a hug. Winner will give you one back. Yes. <laughs> um, excellent. And I think Axel will sort of um, give further goodbyes. And then you notice as they leave your vessel, they don't take the gangplank. They just go back into the verdancy. Like they just go and scuttle away. Yeah, into the Verdancy, and I think like up the side of your own ship, right, to reform upon the deck later. Uh, Umbra lets out a small smile and like makes a gesturing with uh, old hand, and pirates hoist the gangplank up again. Uh, it's just kind of like a formality at this point, right? They hoist <laughs> yeah. it back up, right? Uh, lets out a whistle, and with that, the boarding hooks are disengaged, and the fourth guide pushes off against the leaves with its mighty navipede limbs. And at the same time, Strike Team Nova bustles about Storm Chaser, calibrating the runners, tightening the ropes, setting her wheel on course. The guide clambers westward toward the direction of sunset in ardent pursuit of a fallen crewmate resurfaced. And Storm Chaser glides east toward sunrise searching for the third and final scion. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions and C. Thomas. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Charles, Cora Eckert, Chiacres, Lex Slater, Scruffesis, Hat, Alex, Mark J, Lyle and Peanut, Spencer, Brooke in Seattle, Derek Davidson, Phil, Jordan, Cassidy, and Rose. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds!